UMass has taken game one of the friendship four over UMass Lowell two to one. Plus, we're previewing the championship game against Quinnipiac. We're live from Belfast. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 53 of High Character. We are live from Belfast after UMass took care of UMass Lowell in game one of the Friendship Four, two to one. Uh, great overall game. It was an awesome time at the SSE Arena in Belfast. My name is Cameron. I am joined by my good pal, Evan. Evan, how you doing, man? You are joined by an Evan O'Sullivan off of a couple of victory beers <laughs> at the McHugh's Pub in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and I am not going to be ashamed of my slightly drunken state. <laughs> we are feeling good tonight in Belfast, and I am happy to talk about this wonderful win against UMass Lowell, the inferior non-flagship University of Massachusetts school. Yes, and, and UMass... Uh, they had that losing streak that we talked about a bunch, uh, obviously, and they're on a winning streak now. That's two in a row, uh, one against a really good UMass Lowell team, and one that we think will count towards the conference standings, which is awesome. You get three points from the win, so overall, great night. The vibes are off the charts here in Belfast with all the UMass fans here. It's just it's just an awesome time, and I guess we'll we'll jump right into this one. Um First off, starting for UMass Lowell, um, we the the goalie that we thought it was gonna be didn't end up starting. Actually, the guy that got the nod, Gustavs Davis Griggles. Um, I think that's the same struggle I had to pronounce his name on the preview episode yep. as well. We didn't expect him to be in there, but he started for UMass Lowell. Um, bit of a surprise, and then we got Pavisic for UMass, which uh wasn't too much of a surprise for us. But uh, that was who was in net in the first period. Uh, pretty even. Uh, I thought UMass played pretty well. Shots ended up being close, eight to seven. Um, there were a couple penalties, I believe. UMass had two of them. UMass Lowell had none. So uh, a little bit scary coming off the gates, thinking that UMass is not fixing any of their discipline problems in terms of those penalties. But overall, uh, no score in this period. Seemed pretty even. UMass had some solid chances. So um, yeah, anything else on this period from you? Yeah, I mean, going off the top of my head, I think Morrow had a nice little breakaway chance mm. off of... I'm, his name was escaping me off the top of my head, but there was a very nice pass going into the mid-slot, going towards uh, Scott Morrow's stick, and he did this weird, inexplicable kind of between-the-legs kind of shot that he's trying to do on a breakaway. It looked like an NHL like video game. Yeah, it's something that you're trying to pull in Chell 22. Yeah. But, I mean... I, I appreciate the effort and I guess trying to go for that cool highlight reel move, but you know, and kind of to, to touch on your point, we're not sure if these are actually going to be hockey's points or not going into this. Uh, we think this we think they are. That's where we're yeah. leaning from what we've heard. Yeah. But. So from what we've heard, I mean, it kind of brings a little bit of more weight into the uh, kind of actions that that Scott Morrow had on this specific play because I think if he kind of pulled a little bit more of a uh, a serious move here to try and get a more more serious goal, if you will. I guess, you know, the words are kind of escaping yeah. me here, but trying to play a little bit smarter and, you know, do the right thing, I think he really would have had an, the ability to capitalize on a very high percentage chance right there because 
the pass to lead him into into that you know mid slot chance was very very solid. Again, I'm not sure who did it off the top of my head. I kind of you know in full disclosure stopped live tweeting the game about you know halfway <laughs> through the first period. But uh, yeah, no, I think we definitely in this first period we're looking. Quite dangerous, and I think that Scott Morrow chance was a really big reason why. It was really unfortunate we couldn't capitalize on that. Yeah, I think that was the one takeaway play from this period. But um, other than that, I agree with what Evan said about it. Maybe maybe not being the right move in that moment. You kind of want to break out that specific move when you're trying to get around a defender, in my opinion. But uh, it is what it is. The the period in no score seemed pretty even. So we'll move on to the second. Um, in this second period, just two minutes in, we see Kenny Connors. He finds himself in the high slot. He has all the room in the world to skate. He skates one in and just fires the wrister and to make it one nothing to continue his very hot start to the season. Yeah, I was going to say Snipe City, USA, but I guess it would be Snipe City, Belfast, Northern Ireland in this case. I mean, yeah. he, he had a really, really nice shot to kind of put away a really, really solid scoring opportunity here. And, you know... At, at this point, I think you know because I think I think this does end up ending the period at this point. I think it was a one nothing going into the yep. into the second intermission. But uh, he was looking really solid. You know, I think up until this point he was playing a really solid game. I mean, I couldn't really think of many glaring errors that he kind of had under the ice up until this point. So I think he was playing a very solid game, and I think he was really worthy of getting a uh, a nice little cap off to a very solid overall performance. And I think the the goal. Really meant a lot to both his overall performance in the game and also the performance of the team as a whole to kind of get a really really solid. I wouldn't say start because again we're you know basically halfway through the second period at this point. You know we're mm -hmm. we definitely have a lot of game time under our belt here, but he was definitely uh, bringing bringing UMass into a positive direction over the course of this game. Yeah, and also one thing I took away from the second period too, we saw Luke Pavisic really stand on his head at times. Mm -hmm. He looked really, really good and kept UMass in this game for the, the duration of it. He made 14 saves in the second period, and a lot of them were really, really high chances. So um, just stick taps to him for uh, not only this period, but the whole game as we go forward. He, but in this in this period in particular, he looked pretty special out there. Yeah, no, he definitely you know was, was doing his thing to keep this a, a close game because we really needed that. I think we were getting outshot at a lot of points in the game, and when when you get outshot, especially in a game that you're leading one nothing, I think it's it's pretty easy for the other team to kind of get the opportunity to kind of claw their way back in. You know, when they when they see the the shot lead going into you know basically any point of the game, you know when you're when you're having a face off or whatever, they look up at the scoreboard and they say, "Hey, we're leading shots at this point. You know, we can really get some momentum going our way." and if you have a really, really solid goaltender backing up the opposing team that can kind of stop a lot of really decent scoring opportunities, you're going to put yourself in a good position to succeed. And just as a side note, I think I think I think Lowell's goalie had a, had a really solid game as well. Mm. I think I don't remember if it was in the second or the third period, but I feel like it needs to be said he had a. It was the second. It was it was a ten yeah. bell save. You know he was as good a save as you can make. Yeah, we had it. I I'd like to think at this point it was a two on one basically, and I. I don't remember who was passing across. My gut instinct tells me it was Ryan Sullivan. I don't know how true this was <laughs> at all. Somebody would have to look back at the tape and remind me. But I believe it was a pass across by, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan Sullivan. I don't remember who took the shot at the end of the day, but it was a really nice wrist shot. It was a left-handed shot, guys. So if somebody wants to remind me as to who took that left-handed shot, but 
Yeah, it, what the hell was the goalie's name at this point? It was something Latvian. Gr- Gregor's... Gr- Gustav's Davis Gringles. There we go. Gustav's Gring... Whatever. Gringles. <laughs> Amazing name on this guy right here. But quite frankly, an even better glove side on him. He His his glove side was just absolutely nuts on this play. Windmill, 10-bell save. Absolutely robs whoever the hell it was on UMass at this point to, to get that really good yeah. shot off. But, um... Yeah, just wanted to highlight that really, really solid UMass Lowell save because I was about four beers in at this point, and it it even you know it took me to you know it I had to take a moment, give him a nice little golf clap, and say yeah, it was a pretty damn good save there, mm. uh, Latvian Gringles lad or <laughs> over there. He was really doing his thing, so fair play. But uh, yeah, no, Pav was also really doing his thing to keep UMass in this game as well. I think it was a really, really solid goalie battle from both teams. Yeah, and uh, we also saw UMass have two power plays in this period that they didn't capitalize on, which is uh, different from what they've been doing all year. Uh, They did look pretty good on those power plays, though, uh, for what it's worth. And another thing we started to really notice it in the second, these referees for this game were some of the most questionable that we've seen. Um, We had penalties off of goals um, from, like, taunting, unsportsmanlike kind penalties. We saw uh, clear trippings and things like that that weren't called. So very, very odd officiating. They might have had the jet lag that we are feeling right now as we record this, to be honest. But we move on to the third period, uh, one nothing, And really quick into this period, we see Taylor McCarr use his speed to skate in and get a shot off. Uh, the rebound goes right to Kenny Connors, and he buries it to make it 2 nothing. So uh, his second goal of the game and a good, nice, classic UMass greasy goal. Yeah, no, he was he was captain cleanup on this play, and I, I was feeling really good kind of going into this third period. I mean, you guys will probably see it on the uh, on the nice game recap vlog type thing. Oh, the vlog is fun. That that, that we've been doing fun. for for all the this Belfast kind of fiasco that we've been we've been covering. But uh, going into the second intermission, I was very adamant for for better or for worse. You know, I I just had this very solid gut feeling that uh. Kenny Connors might be getting a, a cool hat trick where granted it was helped quite quite you know quite along by a a, a helpful fan in the uh, in the in the stands to slap another hat onto my head as I was <laughs> as I was thinking about it and that kind of solidified the stance for me on the hat trick but uh watch the watch the day one vlog when it comes out if oh, you're yeah. interested in the absolute moment, but... treat of a video if you guys want to check that out but um yeah, I was feeling really good about Kenny Connors having kind of more of a impact in this sort of game, and you know the second goal definitely solidified that. I mean, we certainly didn't get the uh, you know I don't want to spoil the rest of the third period for you guys, but we didn't we didn't get the whole hat trick. But I think I think two out of three certainly ain't bad in the circumstance, and as we'll see for the rest of this game, it was enough to secure the the lovely W, as we like to say on the on high character. So definitely a huge moment for Kenny Connors on what was already a very, very solid start to the season for him. And I think he's just been building on it ever, ever more. Yeah. And uh, that did cap off the scoring for UMass. A few minutes later, we see Lowell put one in. It was kind of a shot where uh, it's taken from edge of the face off dot and kind of bounced up on Pavisic and over his head, kind of a, kind of a weird goal. There was a guy right near the crease, um, greasy goal on UMass Lowell's part, but, uh, after that, UMass kind of shut him down. We saw 
Lowell pull their goalie with a lot of time left. We've talked in the past about UMass kind of struggling to play defense against those pulled goalie situations. This is kind of more of the same. It was a solid two-plus minutes of uh, surviving in their own zone, not able to get any kind of possession, but they were able to survive. They get the job done in this one and come away with a nice two-to-one win to move on to the to this uh, finals of the Friendship Four. Yeah, I mean, for lack of a better term, I was nervous as hell. You know, yeah. I think I think we've definitely been talking about it over the course of you know this season, just on the pod in general. We have not played our best hockey with the opposing team's goalie pulled. That's just the fact of the matter. You know, there's really no other way of kind of dilly dallying around that. So, I think it was definitely a cause for concern. I was on the edge of my seat for the what was it a solid one and a half, two minutes? I'd say when when the the opposing or Lowell's goalie was pulled. I don't remember the exact timing on it, but it was a, it was a good two minutes. It was it was, time. A, it was a definitely you know there was there was a good amount of time to go around for for Lowell to try and get their equalizer, but I think. I think I think much to UMass's credit, they definitely played a lot better. I think with mm. with the opposing team's goalie pulled, I think we were a bit more tenacious at going towards loose pucks. I think the real kind of kicker to it all was, again, please try and take this with a grain of salt and don't call me out on it immediately. I think it was Reed Lebster who was rushing towards a semi loose puck that was kind of chilling on the half boards in the O zone. He managed to clear it out with about 10 seconds left, and I think that mm-hmm. ended up icing the game. I think those are the sorts of huge plays that I think can kind of lift us going forward because earlier on in the season, we weren't making those plays. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times when other teams had the ability to kind of recycle the, the, the possession in the O-zone, especially with the goalie pulled, I think, you know, when we try and overcommit sometimes and we miss the puck on those half boards we would get punished a lot because it would either be a five on four or a six on four because the guy that's rushing towards the puck there would kind of lose his track and lose his place mm-hmm. and wouldn't be able to get into the play to play defense. So I think the the ability of, of Reed Lepster to kind of close the gap with speed and also make a very accurate play on the puck, you know, using his hand-eye coordination was huge there, especially in a big moment where he you kind of have to ice the game at that point because you're only mm-hmm. up 2-1 going into that point. Yeah, a solid, more solid job than we've seen in the past of UMass ending that game. And yeah, another a solid Hockey East 2-1 victory we talked about in the preview. Mm-hmm. Every game with UMass Lowell is a close one. This is no different, a one-goal game. Um, Hard-fought, defensive-minded, goalies played well. Um, everything we said in the in the preview episode kind of reigned true for this one. Certainly. Um, so yeah, that that is what happened. UMass moves to the finals of the Friendship Four. They're going to face Quinnipiac, who I believe is ranked number four in the country right now. Um, we will we're going to do awards for the Friendship Four as a whole, so we won't have them for this game in particular. So we'll hold off on that. But just before we we jump into talking about Quinnipiac, do you have any final thoughts from this game? Um, I guess. I don't know, you might want to cut this one out, but my idea, I guess, is we, we got a lot of questions, especially from the overall Belfast crowd, about fighting in, <laughs> in, in, in collegiate hockey, and I guess I, I guess I would want to use this time to clear up those misconceptions about if collegiate hockey. If anybody from Belfast is listening. Yeah, if anybody from Belfast is listening, if you guys got the idea of what the High Character Podcast was from the back of my jersey or the the hat for some god hey, before Before reason. you get into that, we had an absolutely fantastic oh, yeah. time talking to the locals. Everybody awesome. has been so friendly and asking about like UMass and about 
college hockey in general. They everybody we've met so far has been incredible. So yeah. I just wanted to say that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I echo those sentiments hundred percent. And uh, yeah, I guess just get into the whole clarification process around fighting because. Apparently, these Northern Irish lads are really into fighting and hockey. And hey, I don't blame them. It's fun. Three quarters of the reason why they're watching these games. <laughs> we, yeah, we met, we met a few people who said that was kind of the main reason they yeah. came to the games. So, so, yeah, no, I mean, that was a huge part of just kind of the overall discourse that we had when we were talking towards uh, towards people in the bars. You know, we were hanging out at some pretty historical bars in, in, North, in Belfast, which was really cool. But uh, just the overall sentiment I kind of want to clear up, collegiate hockey, you're not supposed to fight. If I'm pretty sure the the rule is if you fight and you drop the gloves and you start punching some other dude's face in, which as a little side tangent is a stupid idea to begin with because I'm pretty sure everybody on these teams wears full face masks. You're not even making contact with their face. Mm. What do you what are you punching? You're just punching a cage <laughs> at that point. You're wasting your time and energy. But regardless of that point, if you fight, I'm pretty sure the moment you drop your gloves, you you're getting a you're getting a one game suspension for the mm. for the following game. That's just a given right there. And, you know, that's especially when you're when you're playing in a midseason tournament where you're talking about friendship and the friendship board. It's <laughs> not, not going to happen. It's probably not a good look when you're out uh-huh. here trying to fight people in the first game of the tournament. But, uh, yeah, I guess I guess the last part that I'd want to mention is, I guess, a little shout-out to our boy Colin Felix, former assistant captain last season. The, he was kind of the guy that I brought up the whole time when – all these lovely Belfast folks were asking me in in the bathrooms of all places at the <laughs> at the at the bars where where we were all hanging out after the game. They were sitting there seeing you know my UMass club hockey jersey with a high character on the back of it, thinking, you know what, I'm gonna ask this guy about how collegiate hockey fighting works. And I said, you know what, I'll I'll, I'll accept your challenge and I'll explain it to you wholeheartedly. But yeah, the the guy that kind of popped up in my head was Colin Felix. I don't think he had a single. I don't even know if they have fighting majors in collegiate hockey because it's just a one-game suspension. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think it's a major at that point. But if, you know, this this guy went basically his entire four-year collegiate career without a single quote-unquote fighting major, pretty sure in the past two or three weeks at this point in the ECHL for the Reading Royals, he's probably had three or four fighting majors. Yeah. So, I mean, you really can't use the idea that, you know, oh, how are you going to prepare these guys for the professional leagues and you know, how are these guys going to be able to, to defend themselves in a professional league where fighting's allowed? They're going to figure it out. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think we can we can trust these players and, you know, their kind of capabilities and mindsets to kind of understand what's expected of them when they reach the professional level. Mm-hmm. Whether that's through, you know, Carvel's teaching and his sort of high character philosophy or, you know, because we all we always knew that, that Colin Felix was kind of the the overall bastion of, of high character. You know, we always, we always heard that he was a very high character individual and Carvel would always think of him whenever he thought of high character. So, you know, it doesn't matter how uh, well coached or how much of a nice guy you are on the ice. If you can throw down, you can throw down. And I don't think that that sort of, uh, that sort of idea is ever going to go anywhere, regardless of whether you're, you're in, you know, professional, you know, kind of minor hockey or you're out here in collegiate levels where it's not allowed. You're going to figure it out one way or another. So just wanted to clear the air for that. And quite frankly, it had absolutely nothing to do with the game as a whole. <laughs> but I got enough uh, questions about yeah, that in the bars. We did get asked about that a few times. So if anybody in Belfast is tuning into this one, that is why. There you go. Um, so, yeah, we move on now to play Quinnipiac uh, the very next day. 
um, in the championships for the Frozen Four. Quinnipiac comes in. Friendship Four, not the Frozen Four. We, oh got, my we, God, we had a couple I'm months thinking... to go for that there, bud. All right, I know I'm the one that's drinking here, but you're, you you got to clean up the act a little bit. You know? <laughs> I'm thinking ahead a little too much. This a little bit. is a possible future Frozen Four Which would matchup. be very cool, I must yeah. say. Uh, but yeah, this is the Friendship Four championship, actually. Um, Quinnipiac comes in 10-1-2, which is a sparkling record. They're fourth in the country in terms of overall ranking. Uh, their two ties come to LIU, which is a questionable Ooh. one. And the other one comes to North Dakota, who is currently ranked, or was at the time ranked number three in That's the country. That's a solid team. Yeah, so uh, and their one loss comes on the road against Maine, in which they lost four nothing. So that's a that's a bad loss. Um, but after that, it's ten wins. So uh, some of the notable ones: BC, uh, a six to two win against number three North Dakota, um, and that's that's about it for quality wins. There's no other ranked teams on their schedule. Okay. So. Um, a very weak schedule nationally, um, so that might inflate their their record right now. Some of their past opponents, Princeton, Yale, Brown, Cornell, Colgate, Maine. Mm-hmm. So they've that's who they've played in their last five matchups. Uh, some of them were series, some of them were games. And then they played a really poor Dartmouth team in game one of the Friendship Four, and they won 5-2, to two. so... This team isn't necessarily as battle-tested as UMass is in terms of their opponents, which I think could play a big deal in UMass uh, etching out a win tomorrow. That was some really solid analysis from you, Cameron. I had no idea about any of that going into this episode, and uh, I think that's quite interesting overall. I mean, they really don't have any sort of crazy quality wins, and I mean... You're just kind of going off of what I knew about their kind of defensive scheme and their overall team mentality from previous seasons that kind of gave them a lot of success. They're a very solid defensive team. Um, pretty sure their goalie, Yanif Peretz, or Perret, however the hell you're supposed to say it, I think he's a Frenchie, so it's probably Perret or something like that. Uh, last season, I think he was a freshman, and I want to say he was a Richter finalist just for his overall stats. I remember him... I want to say he had like 130-something goals against average and like a 940, 950 save percentage. Oof. Something ridiculous. I mean, I'm going off the top of my head off these numbers. I have absolutely no basis in these, but I think it was something around there. He had very, very solid stats going into last season. And I think that's overall just kind of a byproduct of the overall extremely solid defensive system that Quinnipiac runs. But... And, and, and their opponents. Exactly. Yeah. They, they don't play in the strongest of conferences, but I, I don't like to focus too much on their overall kind of strength of schedule because they can only play the teams that are in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, non-conference is going to be non-conference, but you're, you you only can play non-conference, or at least most teams only play non-conference games at, at certain intervals throughout the season. You usually kind of have your conference play in a certain set, and Clearly, they're kind of in that that overall area at this point in their season. But, yeah, I mean, from from just overall what I can tell about that, that main loss, it seems like if they can't stop other teams from scoring against them, they might have a very, very hard time scoring themselves. Yeah, just uh, you mentioned Yannick Peretz, their goalie. I'll just read his stats of the yeah. season so far. Uh, he gives up. He's played 13 games, started them all. Uh, he he's gives up 1.84 goals per game and has a 921 save percentage. So 
just really solid. Um, we are assuming uh, it's kind of hard to go back through this many 13 games worth of uh, stats to see the goalies that they're facing, but we got to imagine they're a little bit lower quality than uh, Luke Pavisic, who we believe firmly believe will be starting in the second game. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a test to see if they can score. I think it'll be another situation like it was in our, uh, we mentioned in our Lowell preview, if they can get to three goals. It's kind of, it's kind of their game. Like if they can get over that hump, then it's, then it's their game. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I definitely do. And I mean, I guess just to kind of bring up another point, do you, do you mind looking back at, at uh, Peretz or Perez? How still I'm screwing up his last name, but uh, do you, can you can you look up his uh, his previous season's uh, stats? Just because those those stats this season are quite decent in their own right. But I am very curious as to see like just to see how he was in the previous season because I'm pretty sure his numbers were otherworldly. In, in, in last season. And I mean, that that's not to say that he's not going to, you know, bring over that same level of success over to this season because you just kind of listed off his stats. They are very good, but not, not, not fantastic. Not otherworldly yeah. like I remember them being in previous seasons. So, I mean, I still think, you know, they're going to play a very solid defensive system. Yeah, I, I just heard a coming out of your... So I'm assuming that his numbers were quite nice. If you want to list them off. Yeah, 30, 31 starts, 1.17 goals per game, and 941 save percentage. I mean, come the hell on, dude. Like That's impressive. Now, we have to take that with... 11 grain, shutouts. Now, we have to take that with a grain of salt, however, because... The conference. You, nope. You know who was on that team? Oliver Chow. All-star <laughs> UMass former forward Oliver Chow was probably doing. I the, need I need Oliver Chow in attendance tomorrow. He was doing the most <laughs> on both the offensive and the defensive end. I don't want to completely and utterly just derail this conversation from Quinnipiac, but by God, man, let's I, just let's just read Oliver Chow's stats dude, last season. Let's do it. He had. 13 goals, 20 assists for 33 points, and he was a plus 19. How many games played? 42. All right, so he's slightly less than a goal per game, but... Point per game. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. But, good Lord, man, like... I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to look. Look on the past with... What do they call them? Rose-tinted goggles, you know, kind of looking yeah. with a bit of nostalgia, but... Oh, to have Oliver Chow one last year, dude... <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to just turn this into a complete Oliver Chow gushing session. I want to turn every episode into that. I, I kind of want to. Man. <laughs> like, he was, he was, he was that guy. Like, uh-huh. what, what do the cool kids say nowadays? They say, uh, he's him. Yes. That, that, that's the term they call him him. I, I think, I think that is definitely the, uh, the lines that he was trending along, or at least was trending along before his, uh, I guess unfortunate collegiate end as uh he he did exercise i think just five seasons of eligibility yeah it was extra covid year but uh yeah big 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 oliver chow guy overall i mean there's just no way of getting around that but you know as as much as i like to kind of joke around and say you know i i don't think yet if perez or parade perez is whatever the hell keeps screwing up his last name we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get around that but uh I don't think it was purely on uh, Oliver Chow's shoulders there, but I do think that Quinnipiac had a 
probably a better team in the previous season over this season. So I think they are a bit more mortal, I guess, because when when you look at their team over the past couple of seasons, their their main kind of overall identity has been on their defensive end and their goaltending. Mm-hmm. You know, they they they're gonna beat you one nothing. You know, two nothing, two one, very low scoring games overall, but they're gonna make sure that you don't get yours. You know that that was kind of their key, and I think the the cracks are showing a bit more this season. Not like they're glaring cracks, but I do think there are small areas where you could take advantage of just based on their stats alone. Right, and they're still they're still ranked fourth in the country. I do think this I do think this game plays a little bit closer than a. Four versus seventeen matchup. Oh, certainly. In my opinion, um, I just think the play styles match up a little bit better for it to be a tighter game. And uh, just of note, in conference, Quinnipiac is six and zero. At a conference, they're four one and two. So those cracks show a little bit more when they're not playing their normal conference mm-hmm. foes. So, um, yeah, that's that's the the lowdown on Quinnipiac. I'm looking through their scoring sheet, and nobody really stands out too much. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, a lot of lot of people in the same Admiral same area. Respect. Yeah. They're they're a very defensively solid, goaltending solid team. You know, their their scoring is not gonna light you up and make you, you know, sit there in shock and awe thinking, Oh my god, how did they just put up nine goals on us? They're not Michigan. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're they're Quinnipiac and they're gonna grind you out to a what what they would assume would be a one nothing loss. Kinda seems like a professional type yeah. program being exactly. run over there. So that is what we have for the Friendship Four final. We will be in attendance yet again in Belfast. We had a fantastic time tonight. Uh, we tweeted it out, met some people in the bars before the game about making a UMass fan section, and we did that. We got a, a good group. We posted a picture of everybody on Twitter and Instagram if you want to check it out. But it's a great time uh, with some great people, and we're hoping for more of the same tomorrow. The UMass crowd here in Belfast is awesome. A lot of the players' families we we met with after the game and talked to. It's just a, it's just a fantastic vibe. And even we had pretty high expectations, and it has even surpassed that as we uh, have completed our first full day here so far. But if you want more of that Belfast experience, gotta check out our vlogs over on YouTube. We're making one for each day of this trip. My original plan was to put out. The episode the night of the actual uh, the day that was coming out, the uh, I didn't realize the internet issues that we'd be running into here mm-hmm. overseas. It's kind of h- hard to do what I'm doing editing these podcasts and uploading them in real time. So there's gonna be a little bit of delay in terms of the videos, but we'll get them all out eventually. Uh, they'll still have the same the same impact. You'll still see everything that we're doing. So uh, just might take a little bit longer just because of the internet stuff, but. Other than that, um, can't wait to go watch more UMass hockey tomorrow, spend some more time in Belfast, uh, more big plans in our itinerary during the day before the game. Uh, just thank you guys for listening. We love we love all the support we got today and that we always do when we see you guys. So even when it's overseas, it's so much love you guys give us, and we couldn't appreciate it more. Yeah, no, I absolutely love all the support you guys have been giving. It's been absolutely huge. I mean, from both players families you know their parents and everything like we were talking to in the bars absolutely huge stuff you know what i mean i I, people people we had no idea were listening to us are listening to the podcast and loving it so that 
that just makes us want to do this and put out even better content more so but it's not even just from them i mean just from the everyday umass student you know mm -hmm. we 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 keep in pretty decent contact with most of the student body and you know they're they've been very thankful for all the stuff that we've been doing and we've been super appreciative of their support you know very simple so you know i don't think there's really anything better in my mind than being able to go to a straight up brand new continent that I've never been to in my entire life in order to support a, a UMass hockey team that I know and love and have other people appreciate and kind of reciprocate that sort of support towards, you know, back towards us. I think that's absolutely huge. And I, I just don't think there's enough words for me to adequately express how thankful I am for everybody that kind of listens to this. I mean, I probably sound like a broken record on every, you know, every episode that we do, but it's been absolutely huge. And just, you know, for every one of you guys that's listening right now, I'm super appreciative. And I, I think I can fairly speak for Cameron as well to say that, you know, he is very appreciative for your guys' support as well. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, it, uh, is magnified on these trips. We, it's makes, it's very apparent to us, the, the support from you guys. And it really just makes us want to keep going with this and get bigger and better as we go along. So Thank you guys yet again. Uh, very excited to do it all again tomorrow. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, it's Black Friday weekend right now. So if you want to go check out High Character Apparel, we have 20% off all clothing on there. So it's good to check it out. We're running the sale Friday through Monday. So it'll end on Monday the 28th, I believe. Um, that is highcharacter.myshopify.com. We got our merch. We got some cool designs inspired by the, the hockey program and some of the other programs at UMass. So uh, if you if you want some, some gifts like that uh, to send out or if you just want something for yourself, please go check it out. We worked really hard on that drop, and there's a nice little sale going on. So it's, it might be worth your efforts. But um, other than that, thank you guys yet again. Excited for another day in Belfast tomorrow, and we need to get to some sleep because we've been up for about 48 hours straight now. So um, hope, hope, hope the podcast was still good, even though we're running on fumes. But thank you guys for listening yet again. Go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. I'm exhausted as hell. Let's get a cool Friendship 4 win tomorrow, and we'll lock up the championship trophy. Very cool. Let's go. Let's go.